Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What's up, everybody? It's Joe LaPuma. You're listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. As always, I am with my two guys. First off, fresh off some technical difficulty, but he's here, Mr. Matt Welty. <laughs> I'm just happy that this is working. <laughs> hey, listen, 60 plus, well, how many episodes? A, a year plus, and, uh, you know, we started 11 minutes late, but that's okay because my other guy is here. He was on time. He is feeling refreshed. No technical difficulties. Mr. Brendan Dunn. I'm here. Can we talk about the technical difficulties, Walty? It was a struggle. Yeah, so we want well, to be transparent with the people. What happened? Well, it's funny because so last, so for total transparency, last Friday before we shot the episode of Full Size Run, mm-hmm. it was about 10 minutes before the shoot. Mm-hmm. I'm on a Zoom call for another, pro, uh, another actually a, for this podcast, mm-hmm. and I sit up and grab my laptop by the corner of the screen. <laughs> And stop right there. Well, that'll stop do it. right there. That'll make you 11 minutes late for subsequently for the next two weeks, but go ahead. You, wait, you, you grabbed never, it by the screen? No, by the corner of the base. Like, not by the top of it. Like, just by, like, okay. I, I, gra- I put my hand, like, on the keyboard in, like, the corner, like, where it connects. Okay. I just grabbed it right there, and when I picked it up like that, the screen cracked. Oof. And the whole screen went black, like, 10 minutes before the shoot, and I had to... I'm not going to lie. When you first explained this situation to me, I thought you had been in the regular habit of grabbing your computer from just the top of the laptop screen no. like a caveman. <laughs> no, 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 no. I grabbed it. I appreciate like, I, the clarity, the transparency. I, yes, I picked it up by the bottom corner and somehow the screen cracked and I had to hit up our producer Alejandro and was like, SOS, 10 minutes before ten minutes before the shoot that like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to need to record this thing from my phone and I was stressing the fuck out and you can go listen to that right now episode with Nikki Diamonds because it's amazing. Nick Diamond, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome but but you, you have a new computer now. No more technical <laughs> difficulties. We're no. here. We're here. We're live. We're enjoying life. We're living life. Shout out to Money Kicks. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful out. Beautiful day in New York. I feel like the winter is officially over. It feels like it's is over, it? right? That's fingers know. crossed because it gets like 60 degrees and then the next thing you know, it's going to be 22 the next week. That's true. You know what? I feel like the winter is over and I didn't wear enough of my good jackets for me i have this thing where you have all your good jackets lined up and you're like i, I don't i don't want to kill them this winter you know just do each one maybe once or twice and then the, you let the whole time go by and you were you were saving them and you never really got to do your thing it happens a lot i've never been into big winter jackets this year was the first time that i got a big winter jacket which is funny because we can't go outside yeah <laughs> a little bit of irony there but i, I see what you're saying and what now jacket they, was it it was a montclair they take up so much you got the montclair bubber yeah, it was a Montclair bubble. They take up so much room in the closet, though. I do remember a 
complex holiday party yes. where JLP came yes. through in the Montclair in this huge nightclub that they rented out, and it was like 90 degrees in there, and he's still wearing the like the fur jacket in the middle. I of came it. from Aspen. I came from Aspen. Oh. It was the Kith trip. He came the right trip. off the. It was the Kith trip. So the I had the port Kith, with Ronnie Feig. The Kith red Montclair. Yes, I remember oh. that. It, it got hot in there. That's true. I I will agree. Got hot in there. I was out and about this past weekend, and it was it was one of those tricky days where it's sunny out. And you think, oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be lovely, and then you step outside and it's still brick. But it, I had a good time walking up the Bowery, you know, looking at graffiti. I ran, I, I'm pretty sure I saw on the street John Wilson. You guys watch John Wilson? How to with John Wilson on HBO? No, I'm a huge John Wilson stan. If you guys haven't seen his stuff on HBO, please go watch it. It's moving, it's touching, it, beautiful portraits, vignettes, and I, I just saw him walking across Houston, and the people we were kind of like, wait, is that? And, I, and I'm upset that I didn't get a chance to go tell him how much I love his work. But that that was that was my that was my fun outing for the weekend. Yeah, I went okay. to New York for first time in a while too. You did, and it, yeah. And it was very it was very very cold and funny because had a I guess I had a reverse of that situation where I had gone to the Whitney and then was getting lunch after, and I get a DM from some random person who's probably listening to this who was like, "Hey, bro, I saw you on the streets eating um, eating lunch." I didn't want to run up on you or, or something like that. And I was like, thank you for not doing that. Not to, <laughs> not, look, not, not to be rude, but... Look at the level of fame that is, Where, huh? where were you eating lunch? Uh, down in meatpacking. Okay. All places, yeah. You went to Serafina? <laughs> Joe, is Serafina good? I've never been to a Serafina in my I like, life. I, know. I like Serafina. Is it Italian? The, yeah, it's Italian, the one in meatpacking. I got the chicken Malinese there. Okay. They they brown the chicken. They fry it's the chicken. Good. I like the, I like the chicken Milanese. It's chicken cutlets with like salad on it. You ever have that, yeah. Welty? Yes, it's great. Can we can we stay in Italy for a second, Joe? Because <laughs> this is the weekly. It's turning into a weekly segment. You know I'm here for it. Let's go. I just want to let you know what's going on in my life. Let's hear it. I, I'm, I'm sticking with Godfather. I watched Godfather two for the first time this past weekend. I know a lot of people say it's the rare sequel that is better than the first. It, I would like to know your opinion as an Italian American because I I thought I still think the first is better. That's a tough question that I am. I would have to think about that a little more to answer. You have to rewatch re them a couple times. I would just have to think about it. Yeah. You, you, you off the top, you're not you're not comfortable. Not I. It, you know, it's there's a little more pressure on me to answer that, so I have to think about it. I can't just fly off with generations like, of family history to consider. Yeah, listen, that's a that's a loaded question, and and I got to <laughs> think about that. Well, I'll check back in next week because I'm doing Godfather Part 3, and I know nobody likes Part 3, but I'm doing that this weekend. So, so. you're binging them? Yeah, I mean, it's a little separated, but okay. yeah, trying try to, try to, try to catch up. Another thing that happened this weekend that me and Joe were talking about yesterday or Sunday, Joe's boy, Izzy Adesanya, who we've mentioned many times, also myself a fan of awesome. Fox. Fought and this is a UFC fighter. Yes. You got you got to set yes. the stage for me because yes. I don't yes. know. Yes, yes, yes. He he was the he was the middleweight champion to light middleweight, which is from one eighty or one eighty five to two hundred and five pounds. Okay. Yeah. And he fought Jan Blachowicz, a fighter from Poland, and it this, was kind yeah. it was kind of close the first few. Kind of close. A lot of people thought Jan maybe got the uh, the first three rounds, but then in the oh. last two rounds. I think I, I I think so, and especially uh, I don't know about the first three. The the last two definitely he took them down. He took them down. But I, I wouldn't say he got. I wouldn't say he got all of them, but he may have won two out of the first three close rounds. Maybe we'll see. Okay. And then the last two rounds, he just threw Izzy on the ground and got on top of him, and just it was over. Yeah, it was, it was a big fight in the UFC. Uh, both 
total yeah. champions. Good yeah. fight. A lot of mutual respect between those two. Yeah, Izzy, for sure. Izzy took the loss in stride. I assume, Wealthy, you were elated because this guy's Polish, right? Yes. Yeah, it just reminds me of uh, – I, I put there – reminds me of like hanging out with my grandparents as a That's kid. That's great. So, so Wealthy, yeah. let me ask you this. Your, your background, Polish and Armenian, does yeah. that trump in all instances? Like if you were a really big fan of a fighter but they were going up against somebody who was Armenian, you'd have to root for the Armenian guy every time, right? <laughs> Uh, I, like, like I just want to know what the priority like, is, is that like. The, is that the Godfather question? We're gonna both, both of Don's <laughs> yeah, do questions. We're gonna have to come back to you. <laughs> no, come on. You'd, uh, you'd root for the Armenian I, guy. I guess you feel like you there's like some sort of loyalty that you need to play, or else all your other friends are gonna kind of snub their nose up at you for it. You know what I mean? You have to. Yeah. Wait. How about that? Okay. If an Armenian guy ask, is fighting oh. a Polish guy. Oh man, I think they actually played each other in soccer like a few years ago, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Tough to call. It's a, it's a tough to call one, but okay. Some sneaker news this week: big release. Your favorite dunk of the century done. The carpet dunk. <laughs> okay, Joe. Did you get uh, one? <laughs> Did you get a pair? We both got a pair, Joe. We both Wait. got sorted out, and we both have to go pick up our pairs. And I've been told to tell you what? <laughs> that, that, that ahead, your pair is ready for pickup at the same place where my pair is ready for pickup. Okay, interesting. Little back door. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I'm happy, I'm for, happy you. for both of us. Wow, that's it's a great dunk. It's it's yeah. And Dunn, you put it in the slack that you know some people. <laughs> I don't know, Dunn. You you mentioned. Let's say you you mentioned it's been crazy releases recently. Like and the guest on today's podcast is going to talk about an upcoming release oh, in, yeah. in a few weeks but oh, yeah. it really has been think about it like such a, a roller coaster a lot of energy in terms of releases lately the clots the the supreme dunks the carpet dunks the stussy hirachis what else so uh, much stuff going on no i'm just kind of glad that i told myself like don't buy any more sneakers until i love that the discipline to just abstain completely it's it's not that i don't want any of these sneakers it's just the fact that just thinking right now out of all the things that i need to purchase it's like sneakers is almost like just throwing another one on top of the pile so i just need to like weed out even further until i feel like prioritizing yeah that makes sense joe by the way can i take it back to another conversation we had last week just to keep the dialogue going but you mentioned at the end of our episode about sneaker reselling how mm. there was a pair of shoes that I wanted to sell to somebody yes. that you were kind of middlemanning. Yes. And there's there's no progress on that deal. Let there's me just none. ask you straight up. What did shoe I fumble was it? the bag? Can't tell you the shoe. We can't tell them the shoe because people will find out. <laughs> did I fumble I the bag, John? I don't know if you fumbled the bag because I think the conversation just has to here's what I would say. This is this is what I think from my vantage point. That person is in New York right now from what I from what I saw on social media. So we could I know. So listen, hasn't responded. Okay? But here's what I would say. When you want a shoe, it comes in from my experience, it comes into your brain, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you go it goes in droves. Right now you are in the period. You are did I fumble the bag? And maybe yeah. he is Hmm, should I pull the trigger? Is an yeah. is an extra five hundred? Is an extra two hundred? So, those yes. conversations are not dead, I would say. So I don't think you fumbled the bag. However, I love this. This is Joe in full management mode. Look at this hold guy's on. talking like my however, agent right now. However, 
I will tell like you, Dak Prescott. I will tell you, this guy negotiates. When the guy says no, it's too high. Instead of negotiating lower, he just tells you the same price that the guy already <laughs> that, that the guy already said no to. So listen, maybe we work on the negotiation skills. But okay. I appreciate you standing firm. I don't think you fumbled it. It's just a matter of I think that with sneakers, sometimes the thought comes into your head like, no, I need them, and then maybe the conversation gets picked up again. Does that make wealthy, sense? I, I, yeah, but also, I don't yeah, want to leave wealthy. I feel like we're no, just... No, it's fine. No, 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 it's fine. Because, it, I mean, I guess this was like the same exact conversation that I had a middleman with Joe and the G-Unit, the signed G-Unit yes. sneakers, where he yes. he wanted them so bad, but he's like, no, I'm only paying this much. And then How Paul long did like, it take? A couple months? It, it did, because you, you wanted the shoes and you are ready to do it, and I had to convince him to to go down... To the to the lower amount that Joe was finally like, I will pay this much money, but I'm not paying you anymore. But I really want them, but I'm and not he's paying pulling anymore. them out right now. I love that. I love that. It we works got, we, out. It works out. So done. I don't think it's a a dead conversation yet. Okay. So. And, and I don't I don't want to be obtuse or coy for our listeners. It's just sometimes you got to keep these business transactions a little uh, a little between yourselves. But we like to let you into our world. Can can I talk about another reselling thing? I don't want to beat this dead horse. Obviously, we did reselling all last week. Go I just want it. to say real quick, the Ebert scandal at Nike. We talked about it last week. Yeah. We talked about it on Full Size Run this week. We got a couple banger pieces up on the yes. site right now about it. We got some insight for you into the internal meeting that Nike had about it. So, you know, hopefully that's enough for you people for right now. One, one of the funnier uh, stories that I guess that came out of the Nick Diamond um, interview that I, I mentioned to Joe, and I, I think it's funny to bring up. During the middle of the interview, we're talking about the Canary Dunks, and obviously we were all there for... All of the wild stuff. I know, Brendan, you had told the story about, like, Nick blessing you with the white pair. Oh, yes. Com- I re- Yes. Tell him. <laughs> tell him, Walter. At Complex Con. And, um, you know, you were, like, worried that, like, someone was going to run up on you when you had the shoes. And, and Did all I the say mad- that? I think so. I think okay. you had... Or, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you no, 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 said I it on here. You're, you're yeah. totally right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was a so, little scared. So we had hit up Nick about it because remember Joe really wanted the shoes and me, Joe, and Nick Diamond all wear the same size, 11, 11 and a half. And I had told Nick that, you know, Joe was interested in the shoes because we've been talking about Nick to try and get on full size one for a while. And he's like, you know what? I have all my personal pairs of the Canaries, which were yes. like the one that everyone was yes. going for. Super and he was limited. like, you know what? He's like, I like you guys. Um, you know, I'll hook you up with a personal pair uh, with his personal pairs of the Canaries, not from the actual stock that they were trying to sell. So at ComplexCon that year, Joe ended up getting the Canaries, and he was you know walking the around. Dwayne, you know the Dwayne Wade <laughs> picture when he does the alley oop, and he's like this, and LeBron is in the back dunking yeah. it over him. Yeah. That was what wealthy alley oop the Canaries to me. But wait, it's not it's not finished. I know it's not I know, finished. I, I alley ooped the canaries to Joe. And then I didn't want to be too pushy with it at all because I had just kind of like recent I had interviewed Nick in the past, but I kind of like recently met him. He I have his phone number, but I don't want to be like texting this guy totally, asking totally, you know, oh, you had offered to give me a pair of sneakers. And during the middle of the full size run shoot, he just asked me out of the blue, Did you ever get those canary dunks that I was supposed to give you? And I was like, 
No, I didn't. I think Joe got the pair, and I didn't want yeah. to be all like, "No, man, you never sent me the no, shoes." No, you like, were no. you were humble about it. You were yeah. not begging him for the shoes. It's it's on the record. You could watch the episode. Yeah, and he was like, "Hey, I went um into the warehouse the other day, and I saw a box with your name on it, wow. just just sitting back there, and Years it's a pair later. of canary, canary dunks just waiting for you." He's like, "Do you still want them?" And I was like, "Of course, I still yes. want those shoes." It was so- wait, 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 wealthy. I think it's the white pair you're getting. What? No. No, I'm, this is this is such a funny meta moment because the the event that I described at ComplexCon also was me thinking I was getting the canary dunks, and ending up with the white pair. Maybe I remember the conversation with Nick incorrectly, wealthy, but I thought he told you he had a pair of the whites for you. Oh I think he's, man! I, no, 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 no! The humbling, the humbling. Hold on. What follow up? Did you follow up, wealthy? I'm, no, I need to, but I'm pretty sure he had. Said that are you going to say canaries. is it the yellow or the white pair? Or are you just going to send your address? I'm pretty sure it was the Handle canaries it? because we uh, we had brought up that shoe and that's where the conversation came from. I mean, wh- I have let's see because but we're recording this right now and we can't just go look at the full size run footage. But after we record this and once this is live, we're going to know by then. And either way, you're going to get a pair of sneakers. We don't know if it's the white diamond dunk, which is still a good shoe, or the canary diamond dunk, which is a much better shoe in my opinion. And Let's Only thing honest, yellow is going to be valuable. that text over over the dialogue. Okay. <laughs> no, I think I, I'm, pre- I'm I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, it Listen, was I hope you I one. hope you get the yeah. canary dunks. I'm not trying to block your blessing here. I, I hope it happens. Either for pair, you. either pair is a, is a win. And, <laughs> and props oh to God. props to Nick. So Nick dropped some more inspiration, even though we've had him on the podcast recently. I'm sure you you guys re inspired. I always say that that episode really put the battery in your back. Double yeah. A's, baby. He's one of the, more he's, stories, huh? He's one of those guys that's just been doing sneakers for so long and you look at what and you look at what he's been able to build with Diamond and you know sometimes yeah. people create brands and it's hard to keep up that energy for like 20 plus years and you're and just see, seeing and talking to someone who's able to do it it just really inspires you to kind of like work harder at your own shit, you know? Yeah. Definitely. All right guys, it's time. Let's get to this week's guest. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Our guest on today's podcast is a multi-hyphenate artist who touched multiple corners of the streetwear, art, and sneaker industries. He got into New York City's graffiti scene in the 80s and in 1993 was the first employee hired at the famed Zoo York skateboard brand. He established himself in the BMX and skateboard scene on the Lower East Side as a jack-of-all-trades and in 2003 he co-founded Dave's Quality Meat. DQM, as it was known, took a butcher shop theme and flipped it into a streetwear and sneaker store that was a go-to for top-tier products during the golden era of New York City's boutique retail. If you never step foot into the store, we encourage you to Google pictures to see sneakers on meat rack shelves and saran wrap t-shirts. Throughout the years, besides a well-curated product list, the DQM brand worked on standout collaborations like a three-pack Nike Dunk High and multiple Vans collaboration that still hold up today. But in 2005, our guest would design an Air Max that was a game-changer in the pantheon of Nike collabs, the Bacon Air Max 90. Now over 16 years from its original release, the sneaker is set to drop again later this month on Air Max Day. We couldn't be more excited to chop it up today with the brains behind that design and DQM, Dave Ortiz. Welcome, Dave. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Um, I'm glad to be here. What do I have to say? Awesome, awesome, man. (laughs) Yeah, we're glad to have you. Dave, you were born in 1970, Brooklyn, East New York. I, I want to know, how did sneakers make an impact on you back then? Well, I mean, back then, uh, if you had a pair of clean pro kids, that mm-hmm. was it. You know, there wasn't really many different, you know, shoes to choose from in the 70s. Uh, but in the 80s, the Puma Clyde came out, mm-hmm. and that was like the joint and i remember 1977 or 78 i got a pair of blue and white puma clydes and i got them from buster brown i was playing hide and seek in my friend's basement and i remember trying to hide behind this door Mm -hmm. and i remember putting like one foot back and when i put my foot back i literally my left shoe i stepped it into a can of brown paint And I fucking ruined the front end of my, (laughs) and then I was like, oh my God. And then, you know, back then, you know, you, you know, $29.99 for a pair of shoes was like buying Jordans. Yeah. I I came out and I tell my mom and my dad and they were like, fuck you. I'm not buying you shit. You know, those are your sneakers. (laughs) And my dad's like, I can fix it. And he fucking takes out turpentine and he fucking (laughs) tries to clear it. And I have, I have the right shoe is perfect. And then the left Mm -hmm. shoe, the front end is like a faded, like sports car, you know, like this whitish brown, brown, white to navy blue. It was horrible. And and I had to go to school with those and Mm -hmm. and kids made fun of me and they, they cracked jokes and snapped on me. And, you know, it builds character. Was was Puma the shoe in, in Brooklyn at the time? Or were people starting to pay attention to Nike and what Adidas was doing in America then, too? No, Puma Clydes were, that's, that was 1980s, you know, B-Boy, 70, 79 to 80 was the, mm-hmm. the, that era. Run DMC came onto the scene, and then it was like my Adidas. And, you know, you made the switch. I mean, some dudes wore the, the real true B-Boys that were breakdancing, still rocked the Clydes. And you had to have the fat laces matching the BVD. And you and then when you wore your BVD, you wore the short sleeve in one color, like the, the color tone of the shoe. And then you had a tank top that was the color of the stripe. Mm-hmm. And then you had a matching, you had like this B-boy hat, kind of like my fake Supreme hat. Okay. And it was <laughs> like mad high. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, you know, I got this in Jamaica. This shit was the best. <laughs> and um, I love supreme bootlegs that's my thing and um 
And then that's what you rock. You know, you were just like, boom. And then what about when you were BMXing? I saw an old interview and there was a photo of you. You were like, I think you were wearing Jordan 1s. How far away was it when you got into like Jordans? In the 80s, when the Jordan came out, you know, you could buy them at Models, mm-hmm. And they were a dime a dozen. You know, they had, they had them in the bin where no boxes, you know, and you went to mm-hmm. the bin and you got a pair of blue and blacks. And um, I... How you much? get those. They were, they were probably at twenty nine ninety nine too wow. as well. You know, they wow. weren't really that expensive, and it, it was one. It was the one shoe uh, that a lot of skaters and BMXs wore mm-hmm. because of the bottoms were so flat, mm-hmm. and you could, you know, especially for riding BMX bikes, uh, you wanted a flat surface so your pedals, you know, you're on your pedals flat. Dave, I know, I know that you know the kind of the genesis of Dave's quality meat is that you know you being into graffiti, being in in New York and that whole scene. Was there ever like a point, like being into hip hop and everything, that you were kind of like, I'm a sneaker head. I'm like, I'm a collector. No, never. I always, I always got sneakers, and I got whatever I could get, and um, I wore everything to death. Like it didn't matter to me whether it was limited or i just bought whatever i thought was cool i never really followed any kind of trend i i was always that weird kid who and i and i like the most random shit you know and for me it was never about fashion it was always about function first weren't you going into basements too and digging through kind of digging in the crates we would go to different stores you know old like out in uh, Brooklyn, deep in Brooklyn, kind of like Bay Ridge area, you would find like some old shoe store, some old Jewish man that had like dead stock, and we'd buy all of those. You know, once that well got dried up, then we had to smarten up. And what we did was a friend of ours, Joe from Clientele, mm-hmm. you know, he'd be like, yo, I'm going to London. And he'd be like, give me some money. And we'd give him money and he'd go to JD Sports. And buy all of all the stuff that was general release over there Mm. was really hot over here. And we'd get them and he'd fill a duffel bag and then, you know, flatten the boxes. And then we'd like bring them to the store and then re put the boxes together and we would sell all that stuff. Do you remember specific models from from that time that he was bringing over? No, I don't. I don't recall. I mean, it was all sorts of stuff. And this was stock for the store, right? Yeah, this was inventory for the store. Yeah. yeah. So when you first opened DQM in 2003, did you have a Nike account at all? Or you guys were just sourcing product however you could? A friend of mine in the beginning, you know, remember that store, Ricky's? Was it like a Halloween store? Yeah, yeah. yeah the Halloween and, mm-hmm. and like cosmetic stuff and yeah. weird okay. stuff. Ricky, Ricky of Ricky's had a collection of Jordans and Air Force Ones. And he gave them to us. And we um, like original stuff, just all original stuff that he had. And we Mm -hmm. opened up the store with that. And then we got our Nike account shortly after. And um, we started to sell regular, you know, uh, tier one and uh, SBs. What was that conversation like in terms of convincing Nike that this was an important store for them to support? Well, see, I already had a history with Nike because um, Sandy Bodecker came to New York. Yeah. Sandy came to New York and, um, we already we had just designed the uh, zoo dunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli did that. Eli Gessner and um, me and Eli go way back. We've been friends since 1988. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so so we had that relationship and then uh at the time i was dating this girl jen and she was friends with jesse lavea and um darla vaughn and joelle chapman joelle chapman was the woman in charge of all of the downtown accounts so i was always friendly with her and you know, she came to the store and was like, holy fucking shit, this place is insane. Yeah. You know, like, who does this? Who opens a store designed like a butcher shop? This is mm. so cool. Nike needs to be part of this. Mm. So then a few VIPs came down and they were just like, holy shit, this is mad cool. This is Nike we VIPs have be- or, or celebrities? Yeah. You know, Nike VIPs. Yeah. And and then um, they were like, we need to be part of this. And then they, they let me get my tier one account. And then Sandy Bokenacker obviously gave us our SB account because we did the zoo. I have history with the Zoo York uh, dunk. I also did, while we were in at Zoo York, me and Eli both designed the Zoo York blazer. Right, 2003. Yeah, yeah. So we did that blazer. And... Um, so I already had a track history, you know, with the dunk into the tier tier zero products with Jesse. And it was just like that. And then uh, shortly after that, Jesse was like, do you want to make a sneaker? And I was like, yeah, sure. He was like, okay, you have, you know, XYZ months to do it. Get it to me. And then that's the bacon story happened, which is completely insane. <laughs> and the store, it, I... I was an intern at Complex at the time, and I was picking up samples to shoot for the magazine. I always would go into the store. It was like you said, and and how everyone knows, it was a store unlike anything else. Do you remember like specific people coming in? I know that you're not someone who is starstruck or anything, but it was like the store in the golden era. Do you have any stories of like some celebrities who we may not expect coming in and buying stuff? Oh, yeah. My favorite was Huey Lewis from Huey okay. Lewis and the News. Okay. <laughs> he came in and he was with his son and his son was into sneakers. And I was just fucking blown away. I was fucking Huey Lewis, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, you know, like, I, I mean, he's famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I was just like too hip. To, and I was, a, I'm a nerd to be honest. And I was like hip to be square, you know, it was just such a great <laughs> song. And, um, and yeah, he, he was one of my favorite and Jimmy Fallon used to come a lot Okay, and, and we would crack jokes and he would be like, man, you're so funny. And I, you know, we would just snap on him. One day he came in and he was so sweaty and I was like, dude, what is up with you? And he's like, it's hot outside. I was like, it's not that hot. <laughs> I was like, you're overly hot, you know? And, and then I was like, but in a bad way. <laughs> no, Jimmy was buying a lot of heat back then. Like, Air Max 95s and things like that. So that's interesting. Yeah, he was getting them from me and he would come in a lot and I would just, we would always crack jokes and snap on him. And like, and he, and he loved it because we treated him like one of the skaters that came in and we would just start goofing around and be like, yeah, you rock and you're a bum. Da, 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 you know? <laughs> and he'd be all, he was hung over one time and he showed up and it was hilarious. And I was like, what happened to you last night? You look like me. Dave, you mentioned that you kind of make them feel like, you know, they were part of the crowd. I had seen in like past interviews where you talked about you kind of wanted to dispel that like arrogant myth of the downtown sneaker scene where, you know, it was too exclusive. Like you guys, like our stores were too cool for the customers. Can you explain that to like our audience who may not be familiar with it and why you weren't cool with that? 
Well, my whole thing was I wanted to be the opposite of Supreme. Like, Supreme is the number one spot, right? Right. And everybody is fighting for number two, three, four, five. And um, I felt like if we could be number two and be user-friendly, you know, almost like a PC computer instead of a Mac, I wanted people that could come in and just, you know, hang out. Like, I didn't care. If you hung out, you know, you gave me something to do. I talked to you. Uh, you know, I, what am I going to sit there and be quiet and look like I'm working at a gallery? So my whole thing was to just kind of chit-chat and, and, and learn who my customer base was. And that's how I basically learned what they wanted and made product based on on what they liked. You know, I didn't, I didn't kind of try to like force feed them like, this is cool. I was listening to what they were saying. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of music do you like? What kind of, what kind of movies do you like? Oh, what'd you see last night? What'd you do this week? I would ask people, what'd you do this weekend? And they'd be like, oh, I'm going around shoe shopping. I'm like, why are you doing that? I'm like, there's so many skate parks, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm stuck here. And you're, you know, like, dude, what are you, come on, stop wasting time. Was it a sneaker scene back then for you, Dave? Like, I, I wonder really, because I know you're not that much tapped into sneakers right now. So I just wonder, like, did you feel like you were part of this scene of young retailers in the area at the time? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was me. It was clientele. It was uh, Classic Kicks. It was um, uh, uh, Brooklyn A-Life. Projects, A-Life. So, yeah, I was part of that. I was part of that crew and yeah. um, stash and recon. And, and so I was part of, I was equally as part of this whole ecosystem where kids, you know, it was a track, you know, you, you went mm-hmm. to Supreme, mm-hmm. then you walked down Lafayette and then you went to classic kicks. You, you, you made a, a, a right turn on Bowery. I mean, not Bowery bleaker. And then you went to Elizabeth. Then you circled around Bowery. You went to my store. Then you went over to A Life, and it, it was this, this track. And then you went to like Recon, and and mm. and that was the track. And and I was on, the, uh, you know, the track, and it was part of people's like regiment. You know, go to New York, go see these five stores, and blah 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 blah. I want to get to the bacon the first time. You said that Jesse said you had like three months, mm-hmm. and did you procrastinate a little bit? for the deadline a little bit (laughs) (laughs) isn't there like a famed story about that that uh, you know you had three months but i was trying to figure out first i asked my partners what you you know at the time i asked chris and his brother jones and i because you know we're we're equal partners right Mm -hmm. at the time and i want you know i was like i'm gonna design this thing because this is my whole and they were like whatever you know make a shoe uh, so, so I said, well, what is the silhouette that you love the most? And they were like, Air Max 90, that shit is fly, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that is kind of fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like that shoe. Um, okay, I'll, I'll make something cool. And they were like, okay, make something, you know. And they forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And I also forgot about it. And um, <laughs> I remember I got, um, it was like Friday night, and I, I got a text or some shit or and Jesse was like, hey, man, I need that shoe by Monday. And I was like, no problem. I'm on it. I'm almost done. And I, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. not even, even remotely, yet. not even remotely close. And, I, and this is back when they, people had Blackberries. You know, that was the cool thing. And, um, and uh, I waited till Sunday. I was out all night. I was out all night. And I was like, fuck, I have to do this thing. You know, here's my opportunity. I can't blow it. And I, I show up. I didn't even have a computer. 
Wow. And that computer, I was just like stumbling drunk over to my friend's house, Tom, who uh, big Tom, and he used to he was a a, hand, a bag designer for Stussy and Supreme, and um, he does all sorts of different bag. He worked at a what's that guy Paul Smith and, and and whatnot. Anyways, so I show up at his house and he's like, Jesus Christ, you're a mess. And I was like, I'm I'm still hammered, and I'm like, I'll be right back. I gotta get a sandwich. And he's like, all right, I'll, I'll turn my computer on and we'll figure something out. And then I'm, I'm in the uh, key food on Fifth Avenue and like President Street down in like Brooklyn. And I'm wandering around and I'm like, oh, get bread and, and cheese and eggs. And then I just looked over and it just hit me that aha moment of like bacon. And I was like, oh, my God, I love bacon. And I was like, what if I designed a shoe to look like bacon? And then I started thinking about the shoe and all the different layers. And then I started looking at the bacon. And then I was like, fuck. And then I buy five different packs of bacon. Okay. I buy five different packs of bacon, a half a dozen eggs, uh, a thing of like craft cheese, like eight slices, and Wonder Bread. And I walk up and the lady's like, you think you have enough bacon? And I was like, nobody <laughs> has enough bacon. <laughs> so I show up at my friend's house and he was like, what the fuck's with the bacon? And I was like, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. And I, he was like, really? And I was like, that's the idea. I'm going to need five plates and a Pantone book. <laughs> and we sat there and we looked at bacon and we just studied it. And I was like, look at how this looks and look at how this looks. And I was like, and there's a little bit of red here. And I was like, okay, let's kind of like, and he pulled up, he drew the CAD and then it was just plug and play. And we kept moving things around and then we had it. And I was like, do you think they could color the air bubble? And he was like, let's try, you know what? Mm -hmm. Just shoot for the stars and then let them tell you what they can't do. So, you know, we put the little pink. At first it was red. And then I was like, no, I, I wanted it to kind of to tie back to the toe, to the to the front. And I, I thought that that would be better. And then we did that. And just recently, I had found one of the original printouts of the bacon, the, the, the first the cat, design, yeah. Yeah. the cab drawing. It's in one of my books. Um, and um I, I, you know, I looked at it and I was like, well, this is either going to be a colossal failure or a colossal hit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 50-50 odds. And, then, and for me, my whole thing is if I can make 10 people happy with it, then I'm a success. Uh-huh. I keep my expectations really low, so I'm not disappointed. And I was like, "If all right, it's 10 people. And I got me and then I got Tom. And I was like, I just need eight. <laughs> and then I showed eight other the people, and they were just like, they were like, yeah, this is kind of cool. And I was like, I'll take a kind of cool, you know. <laughs> and and I submitted it, you know, after I reviewed it with um, eight other friends, and they were just kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, pink, come on. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, dude, it's fucking dope. I was like, too many people are making too, the, the colors are too hard. Yeah. I was like, I want to switch it up just like the shop. I'm going to switch it up, go in the exact opposite of what everybody's doing. And um, and it worked. And then when the shoe came out, it was like sort of successful. It wasn't a hit. It was cool. People were like, mm, yeah, you know, and you could walk in. On the day of release, it, it wasn't wow. that hard to come in and buy a pair. You only had forty-eight pairs at first, right? That, that's what you. No, no, we the- had the hyper. The hyper strikes yeah. were forty-eight pairs, and um, 
the regular general release, we, you know, I think we had like 200 pairs Mm -hmm. and, you know, we sold, we sold them all slowly. Mm -hmm. We sold actually, no, we sold a hundred pairs and then Joel found 200 pairs. She was like, listen, I have 200 pairs. Do you guys want them? Or I'm just going to offer price these. And we were like, no, we're going to take them. And we, yeah. I, we sat on them and then we slowly kept re-release dropping them. And as time went on, people got hip and then they got it and they were like, Oh, this is, this is bigger than what most people are thinking right now. And, um, and it was just a slow burn, you know, and, and here we are 17, 18 years later. Do you remember ahead of the shoes release when you first got a sample and what your reaction was? I didn't get a sample. It was just done. It you just did, so up. you didn't see the shoe until it was ready to drop in your store? Yep. Do you remember <laughs> first opening that box and seeing the shoe in real life? Yeah, it was amazing. And I was psyched. And I was just like, fuck, they didn't do what I said. And then my partner, Chris, was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I told them that I wanted bacon bits, you know, the little salt thing, because I wanted the whole experience to be like you opened it and you saw this thing and it looked like bacon. Uh And then you had a a smell of bacon. And I was like, if they did that, then the shoe would have been dope. But then there was an issue with Nike saying that they can't ship food. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what, Dave, this, this might sound really strange, but I, when I heard the story about you talking about buying all the packs of bacon and opening them up and staring at them all night and trying to design the shoes, how distracting was it smelling all that bacon in front of you and trying to think creatively at the same time? Oh, I just cooked. We cooked it and ate it. it wasn't distracting at all i mean i really have a weird uh process uh when i make my art and stuff like that so 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 for me it wasn't all that crazy it was just part of one of my adventures of making something and i do all sorts of random shit you know like i'll try pretty much anything when when i'm creating art in in my paintings or or silkscreen stuff Mm. I'll drag the kitchen sink into it. I'll throw it on the floor. I'll pick it back up. You know, I want the dirt. I want all the grime. Like, that's why the Hyperstrikes, um, if you look at the toe box, it's this cracked leather. Mm -hmm. But what I had them do was stretch out all the leather and then scuff up the leather. So every shoe is different. That's a detail that I, I actually, knock on wood, have I got a pair back in the day, and I the scuffs on the toe box is really, really a detail that if you don't look closely, you miss it, but it's a very important detail. So, yeah, talk about that more. That's one of my favorite parts of the shoe. So for me, like like with the, the Hyper Strikes, I wanted, even though it was only 48 pairs, my whole thing is the, is individuality. Mm-hmm. You know, each person, the shoe doesn't make you cool. By no means. It's you. You wear them with what you your outfit, and that's what makes it dope. And for me, I was like, I can make individual shoes, and then each person will will be their own character based on the shoe. So none of them match. And and for me, that was super important. And I was just like, you have to do this for me, Jesse. You have to do this. That's the one thing I asked for. Anything else, I didn't care. I was just like, I'm sure it's going to look great. Don't worry about sending me a sample. Like, like I was like, but you have to do this. 
mm-hmm. you know, for these. And he was like, all right, whatever. Because he, he was just like, I don't think Nike is going to feel comfortable about doing this on general release shoe, you know, because some kids are going to be like, oh, I want the scuff on the center and, and, and I want it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and they couldn't control that. So, so he said for the hyper strike, you know, those are yours. He, we don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just do what you say. But for these, we have to do this. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll settle for that. Did you get a feedback from Nike? Did they see it as a big success? I know in the, in the beginning, like you said, it was kind of a slow burn, but it ended up being what a lot of people would consider a classic. Was Nike super happy with how the project turned out? I never heard. No, nobody really said anything to me. It's kind of hands years. off. They just give you the shoes and. They were like, uh, good luck, fella. You know, <laughs> you you know, you design this thing, and then you have to buy it from them. Mm-hmm. So How do you feel care. about that but, arrangement? Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, at the, you know, come on. I was just happy to make a shoe. Yeah. You know? And, and, you know, ultimately, Nike got all these kids, all of us young guys, to do these this, this design work for free. And then, then we buy our shoe that we design off of them. You know, they give you 48 pairs. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And then you have to buy your pairs, and then you have to sell them, and then you have to pay your invoice. So, you know, it's great business model for them. No kid is going to say, oh, no. You no, can't turn can't down do Nike, it. right, when you're yeah. a young person with a sneaker right. store in the city, and, and Nike is the brand, you and you never want that, that moment. Yeah, you never do it. No kid would say no. I don't care who I, I today, even today. Yeah, no kid would say no. Nike has the power, the strength to to kind of get that, and and I don't care. I'd do it again. Mm-hmm. You had to get some sort of validation. I mean, re- aside from the shoe being released all these years later, because not too long after that, uh, Nike did those Air Max ninety five three sixties in the same colorway, and then went on to do like the Harachi, oh, Harachi yeah. current. Yeah, that was so, uh, burned bacon, and uh, so the the the, the ninety is raw bacon, then the three sixty is cooked bacon, and then the Harachi is burned bacon. Because mm. because we sent in those colorways as well, if and they had to, to, and I said do the raw bacon, and then whatever you have these colorways if you want to do something else. And then Jesse just did them up. Are those shoes still special to you? Like, I know obviously they're probably not the same as the original, but do they still hold a place like in your heart as far as your sneaker legacy goes? Oh, of course. I, I, I to this to this day, I'm upset because I never got a pair of Harachis. What size do you need? <laughs> Ten and a half. <laughs> I got you, Dave. I got you. I 100% have the the DQ. The yeah, that that same colorway really? from 2009, right? The current 90 yeah. with the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I think I've told the story on here before, but I remember when those hit outlets and I remember vividly buying up a pair for $40 from outlets. So Dave, I promise you, I will look for that sneaker and I will get you that sneaker if I can find that sneaker. All right. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, man. I'd be very appreciative. I'd I'd trade you something back in return. (laughs) Another shoe that's close to done. I know you've worn this and, and I remember wearing these so much working at complex 2007 the three feet high vans collaboration and you did the chucka with kind of the butcher print right yeah yeah talk about that that was amazing that was so funny yeah talk about that project dave i have i have these sitting up right here next to me i can't i can't pull them out because they're stuck in a stack and the whole thing will collapse if i do but that 
Just know they're right here with me. It was funny. The guys from Vans showed up and they were like, we want to do a shoe with you. You know, what would you want to do? And and I, again, I leaned to Chris and I said, what shoe do you want to do? And he's like, dude, the Chucka. And I was like, okay, great. I'll be right back. And I take my skateboard and I skate down the Bowery and I go to Bowery and Houston and I buy a pair of, of, of Gingham chef pants. And I run, I skate back, I rip the pocket off, and I hand it to the guy at Vans, and I go, okay, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to, the body is this, I want a gold eyelet, red laces, and on the inside we want, um, instead of off the wall, we want off the bone. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was like, and that's done, and with the gum bottom. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, that's it? And I was like, yeah. And then two seconds after that guy came in, the guys from New Era came in. And I was like, oh, great. I'm so glad you're here. Check this out. And I ripped the other pocket off and I was like, I'm going to need you to make me a hat. <laughs> and I'm going to need it to be this, the body like this with a red D-bone logo. And I was like, okay, great, great. And that was how I designed both those shoes done in like this in literally 20 minutes. No thinking, just off the cuff. And it was just one of the greatest, uh, one of my favorite. And people were just like how did you come up with that? And I was like, well, gingham is black and white checkerboard. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Vans is checkerboard. And I was like, and the, the chefs wear, you know, gingham pants and they deal with me. And I was like, it's a no brainer. And it was just super fucking cool. You know, I love, I love those shoes because they could take a beating too. I remember wearing them so much and uh, just, just a great, great collaboration for sure. Is it crazy to you sometimes, Dave, that, you know, a lot of the work that you've done is viewed as influential and historically important in streetwear, but at the time it feels like a lot of it was just really off the cuff of you just coming up with spontaneous ideas, but then it's held in such high regard later on. Uh, yeah, now, now I do, you know, 20, almost 20 years later, I, you know, my girlfriend, you know, cause I'm always kind of like, it, oh, that's that thing I did, mm-hmm. you know? And people are like, whoa, whoa, hit the brakes. What, what do you mean that thing you did? And I, you do talk about it like it was just nothing. And I'm like, I'm always thinking that the stuff that I made is just like, and and I'm always looking to make the next thing. And like, what else is better? And I never like to sit on my laurels of like, like being a one hit wonder. So I'm very, uh, you know, cautious about, getting too comfortable in stuff that I've made. And I, I, but now I, you know, my girlfriend was talking with, you know, we had dinner the other night and she was just like, you know, I told her I was doing this thing with you guys. And she's like, Oh my God, that's so good. And she's like, you know, not too many people have had this type of impact on the mm-hmm. world. True. She's like, you know, it's not just 10 people anymore, Dave. Mm-hmm. She's like, you have to really, you know, appreciate that and take that in and for some reason or another it's hard for me to accept accolades or praise you know people send me texts you know dms on instagram oh your shoe and i go oh that's thank you for the support you know Mm. i don't know what to say other Mm -hmm. than than that but i never really like look at myself as a person that really did anything it's weird I just kind of like, yeah, I did those things, and now I make vodka. Like, go figure. Was there a turning point <laughs> when you when you realized the stuff you were making was important? I still don't think it's important. 
I mm. still think it's just like a like a thing, a fad, and it's not that serious. It's mm. it's it's weird, you know. And I'm constantly pushing myself, you know, make make something else. And what else can you make? Does that have to do at all with your exit from the business? I know you left DQM and, and the store went on. Like, why did you decide, and when did you decide to get out of DQM? I started. I started to get really bored. And for me, I didn't want to be the guy who worked at a shop anymore. And um, I just personally was like, it's time to go. Mm -hmm. And um, this is 2008? 2008, 2009. And yeah. I was just kind of like over it. And kids weren't getting what I was saying. And, and then I remember this kid came into my shop and was like, hey, can you? He, he was like, I want to buy this grip tape. And then he was like, can you take the grip tape off my board and put the new grip tape on? And I was just like, that was it. And I was like, I'm done. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, dude, I was like, first of all, you're supposed to buy a new board. You don't change the grip tape. Uh -huh. You buy a new board. And I was like, why would you want to do that? And he was like, I just want this grip tape with the weed on it. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is it. <laughs> This is it. I was like, I'm, I was starting to get too old, and like the kids started getting younger, and I was getting older, and I was and like they weren't getting my jokes anymore, and and you just got, you just got to know when to bow out, and yeah. you know at, at some point in time, you just got to get out of the way and let the next generation do their thing, and I I find it important to do that because again we're. You, it all boils down to being number two, three, four, or five, and Supreme is always at one. Mm. So, so the number two slot gets changed all the time, you know. And I was starting to be like, I'm starting to feel like four and five, and I was like, yo, I was like, this shit is, I'm, I'm becoming whack. I'm starting mm. to get corny, you know. My shirts, my t-shirts aren't moving as fast. <laughs> But in in that brief period of time that you were at Dave's Quality Meat, you still did a bunch more shoes. You had Dunks, you had you had Blazers, you had a bunch of Adidas collaborations. Yeah. You did a bunch of great consortium stuff. You did New Balance collaborations as as well. Like, do any of those shoes stick out to you? Like the Dunks or Blazers or New or Adidas is like as other ones in your head. My Converse Project Red is the one that I really love the most because mm -hmm. it was so conceptual and nobody got it. And I thought that that was great. That, you know, and um, it was just too, too much information. You know, it was, it was, I was one of the first 100 artists of Project Red. I did a blue leather chukka. I, I cut it down to a, a half, like a, like a chukka boot. Um, I had hieroglyphics on it that said blood, life, and I had this um, this Egyptian god called the Carnibius, which was a snake with a lion's head, and okay. that was the god of protection of illness and diseases. And then on the toe clips, it said cure all, and on the footbed, it said what would you do for a cure? And then on the inside, it was like raw meat, and then it had the stamp of my bag, and then the bottom was clear, so it looked like a slice of meat. So there was so many things going on. and people Super conceptual. It was so far ahead of anything. And to this day, I think it's the best design that I've ever done. Do you have memories I, of working I, on the, the blazers or the dunks from that period? 
Oh yeah, the Blazers was based on an Elvis song. Um, not the Blazers, the um, the, the Dunks. Dunks. Blue suede shoes. Yeah. shoes. Blue suede shoes. And I was just like, and then it was just like finding the material, and I wanted it to be perforated because uh, I thought that the sneaker would breathe better, mm-hmm. and all my Dunk highs were stinky because I would wear them, and then you know I sweat, and I was just like, well, how can I get these shoes to breathe? <laughs> <laughs> So that's why I did the perforated leather. It's again function. Function. Yes. yes. The Blazers to me, I always look at them and it reminds me of like Flintstones. Yeah, was that's that? what that was that was yeah. pebbles. Yeah. 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 It was the the, the little fruit, fruity pebbles. Dave, was there really any money in like a sneaker store at that time? Like how hard is it to pay rent just selling shoes? Because this is what I always wonder when talking to people who ran important stores in New York City. Like how, how do you keep the lights on? Well, the for for us it was smart that um when I did my store, before I opened, I met this guy who was at Hogs and Heifers having lunch, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and this guy comes in. He's wearing a suit. Hogs and Heifers is kind of a rough-and-tumble kind of motorcycle-type car, and this dude shows up out of left field, totally being in the wrong place. And he buys a beer, and it's $4, and he gives the girl a dollar tip, right? And mm-hmm. then the girl picks up the megaphone and is like, you cheap motherfucker, you can't make it $2? Like that. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You just handed him a beer. He gave you a fucking dollar. You mm-hmm. know, and the guy's like, no, no, don't worry about it. And he gave her another dollar, right? And then she, you know, he sat down next to me and he asked me, what do you, you know, what do you do? And I said, uh, you know, I work for the skate company and I'm thinking about opening a store. And he said, really? He goes, I am a... Um, uh, uh, a planner, New York right. City uh, planner, and we just signed this development deal that's going to happen on the Bowery. He mm-hmm. goes, do yourself a favor. He goes, get yourself a, a location on the Bowery because right now it's cheap, and get yourself a long lease. And I was like, huh? So I searched the Bowery, found that place, and my rent was only three thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So for me. You know, a weekend, I pay my rent. You know, I sell enough shoes. I was, yeah. you know, so it didn't it didn't cost me a lot to build out the store, you know, and we were making profit fairly easy, you know. So in the first three years, we made, you know, before year three, we were ready, you know, paid back all of our, our debt, and then mm-hmm. it was just gravy from there. I know a lot of people have, like, these these complaints about, You know, sometimes when you have a tier zero account, you have to stock all the crap in order to get the good stuff, you know, or being loaded down with a bunch of product you don't want from these brand relationships. Yeah, that's I mean, that that is true. And that's that's part of the hustle. But, um, you know, if you you were smart, you pick the stuff. I always picked the stuff that I thought would sell that was easy and it wasn't too goofy and it wasn't, you know, and then you get the hits. And as long as you, you hedge your bets on safe things, you, you'd sell it through. And don't buy heavy, you know? You, you buy a size run, and, and you mm. move it. Mm. Dave, I heard that um, from people who used to shop in your store way back that you had a pair of, like, rare lasered Air Force Ones that you had just sitting in the store that people would try and offer you money for, and you just wouldn't sell them? Yeah, yeah. What was the story behind those? Those I got that that was when they invented the um, the laser technology and it was they, they yeah. had this place called the kitchen, of course, uh, yeah. uh, 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 over in Beaverton and uh, I got a pair and I, I they were Air Force Ones, and I'm not a big Air Force One fan because they're heavy and 
you know, I've had them for years and years and years. And then eventually one day I remember giving them to a homeless guy out of left field. Like I saw this dude, he was down and out and I was just like, here you go. Sell these. I was like, you could get at least 200 bucks for them. He was like, really? <laughs> and I was like, here you go. And I would, ju- I just gave them away. Like people would offer me money and I just didn't sell them. And then eventually I just gave them to somebody because I felt, you know, you know, I gave away a lot of rare shoes to the homeless shelter guys across the street mm-hmm. and kids would get so upset. And I would be like, why are you pissed? That dude needs sneakers. Like that guy functional really, again to yeah. put on his feet it, again, to walk around in the city all night. Function. Yeah. And, and people didn't understand that. And that was my whole thing. And I was just, I kind of needed, that was something that I did to make myself feel better, maybe about myself or something. I don't know. It was yeah. weird. I would do that all the time. And that's the thing. If you're going to do an act of kindness, it's always important to like, and, I, and I'm here I am talking about it, but usually you just, I would do it without nobody knowing. It just kind of. Right. So Dave, 16 years later, Air Max Day, March 26, 2021, the bacon is returning. How involved were you in it returning? And when did you talk about the conversation of this iconic silhouette returning? It was, there was just a, a, a phone call. Somebody, our, my RB gave my number, uh, RB Umali. I don't know if you guys know yeah. him. He made all the New York videos and mm-hmm. um, he gave my number to somebody and somebody called me and then they were like, how do you feel about this? And I was like, yeah, I'm totally down. I was just like, make sure you guys tell Chris about this. Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, Chris Keefe, and your, get, your partner. In yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, and just get back to me and let me know what you guys think. I was like, it's important. I was like, make sure the kids get them. That was it. Mm. That was all I cared about was that a new set of kids get to get the shoe. And I was like, it keeps me, I was like, I was like, it's like pole position, you know, when you're driving the car and then Mm -hmm. you're just about to be out of time and then I got an extra 15 minutes. I'm like, whoa, I'm cool again. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I was like, just in time. I just turned 50, you know, (laughs) I was like, I become relevant again. That's cool. All right. I'm I'm in. (laughs) Is there going to be a lot of pairs you think Did you have say in, in I have. I have no idea how many pairs. Um, no vague idea, made, Dave? They don't even tell you? No, I have no idea. All in, I said was just send me two pairs. And didn't the, weren't the shoes supposed to drop last year? What what What's up with that? The whole world fucking stopped. Well, I, I know that, but they didn't. <laughs> but they didn't. This, they didn't. I, I, I know that, but I know, but they didn't, they didn't, they didn't like, they didn't tell you anything about like the, the shoes like being no, delayed or no, nothing, nothing. I just I but again I I'm like I I'm living life I'm I, I make vodka mm-hmm. where you know I'm trying to sell vodka I'm, I'm doing all sorts of random shit I'm baking bread you know I, life moves on like I'm like the last thing I think about are sneakers like I have sneakers uh-huh. and you know occasionally I'm like I want to wear a cool pair of sneakers and I like I have like eight pairs of brand like in the box like you know yeah 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 cool sneakers you know and and like six of them are humaras <laughs> okay because you said you said you if you could do another shoe you'd want to do an acg that's what you would want nike yeah 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 i would i would do another uh if i could i would do an acg and make some sort of cool hiking boot or something mm. because um i i would wear them i like everything that i kind of make i make because i kind of want one mm-hmm. like I'll just, i've done a pro 
it's all functional. Like I designed a project with um, Timbuktu a few years back, mm-hmm. and I I made this whole collection of bags that look like brown paper bags, and um, it was hilarious the whole conversation when I first did it, and I was just all because I wanted one. I was sick and tired of going to Trader Joe's and yeah. having these brown bags. And I was yeah, like, if yeah, I yeah. had one, I could just bring it back and use it, you know? And it's a brown bag. And I was like, it's the base, most basic bag. And I did like uh, uh, a brown, you know, bag like that. And then I did a lunch bag to carry my cameras. And then I did a 12-ounce beer bag. And yeah, it was pretty cool. Because I wanted one. That's like that's right. the, the whole the whole thing, you know. You talked about your vodka, obviously an artist. You said that sneakers was a thing that you designed because you wanted them. But where does sneaker design rank for you in terms of all your projects? Do you look back at it and think of kind of your resume in sneakers? I think I don't think so. Okay. I think I think that uh, I did these uh, some 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 cool sneakers. Yeah, sure, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that at the end of the day, I was a sneaker. You know, I want to be. I, I do want to be known that I made these sneakers. Sure, mm-hmm. but I'm mostly what if I you know if I were to die tomorrow, I hope that somebody was more interested in seeing some of my silkscreen artwork than mm-hmm. than, than sneaker stuff because. At the end of the day, they're just sneakers, you know. You know, you'll step in shit, and then they're ruined. <laughs> but they're still you, part of your body yeah. of work, right? They're still an expression of who it's you are still, or your it, art, it's right? Still, yeah, but it's it's so far removed. Mm. You know, I've moved so far from that. There's, you know, more time. There's a lot of stuff that I did after right. that I I look at and I and I go, oh yeah. That's why when I talk about it, like I'll meet somebody randomly and then I'll be like, yeah, you know, you know, oh, you're into sneakers. Oh yeah. I'm into, I, I used to do those. And then they'd be like, what? <laughs> and I, I, mean, I don't know. You, you might've heard of this shoe I did. It's called bacon. And then they go, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. You did the bacon. Sh-? And I go, yeah. And, and, and people freak the fuck out. And I'm kind of like, like I said, I just kind of like, it's it's that little thing that I did. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's on the shelf over there. <laughs> How do you feel about what the sneaker world has turned into at this point versus when, you know, when you're doing Dave's Quality Meat and you said that, you know, it was tough for you to sell out of 200 pairs. And now you know that 200 pairs, if they dropped online, would be gone within two seconds. Does that blow your mind that you kind of like planted the seeds for that it's it's so mind-blowing but it's also kind of reminds me of the early old school hip-hop artists and if you think about it these guys came out and they were like rapper's delight and you know they didn't make that much money you know there's dudes that and then here you have the jc's and the yeezy and the this guy Mm -hmm. and that guy that make millions and that fuck kid uh yo 69 or whatever the fuck his name is um uh, they make mad dough. You know mm. what I'm saying? But all these early... You're not a 6 9 fan? Oh, dude. I, I, there's somebody who makes these videos about him and they dub his voice. And <laughs> it's so fucking hilarious. It's so good. <laughs> I've never heard one of this guy's songs. But I love whoever does these videos. <laughs> so, but, um, like, these old hip-hop artists that paved the way to, to this culture. And I'm... I fall into that category. I'm yeah. one of these old school guys that kind of did this thing, which 
influenced these kids to do the bigger stores and the better stores, like the guys at Kif. You know, I think that they they got a great fucking thing going on over there, uh-huh. and I and I love I love walking past there, and I'll like sometimes I'll walk past there and there's a line, and I'll be like. What's coming out? And, and some kids like, <laughs> yeah, the Yeezy, da, 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 da. and I'm like, okay, you know, like in my mind, they're like, you know, like that, that kid has you, no you idea. Tell him. Yeah, yeah. My day. You yeah, exactly. Walk a couple blocks east of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's just, and it just makes me smile and laugh because I'm so out of the loop, and I don't know, and I'm just kind of like this random weird dude that's walking by with a little chihuahua, and I'm like, what's coming? You guys are waiting for sneakers. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad to hear that perspective of you, though, of gratitude and respect for what this turned into. Because I feel like it's so easy to be the old person who doesn't understand where it, what it turned into or who is mad at the level that it's at now. No, I love it. I think it's wonderful. I mean, it, we did we did what we could do at the time, and we made what we made. And that's cool. And I'm very grateful for that. You know, mm-hmm. and sure, who wouldn't want to make a lot more money? I would totally love to make more money, but that wasn't the time. Right. That wasn't happening back then. We were building a foundation of like this culture. And that was more, that part of the legacy of it for me is way more important than the cash and prizes because the cash and prizes I'll get later, mm-hmm. you know, doing something else. But be to have to, just to be a part of this history for me, it's cool. Like you know, I have to say at the you know I'm I'm humbled and honored that you guys are even talking to me, and I'm humbled and honored that my shoes, you know, people to this day love them, and it mm-hmm. stood the test of time. Yes. Here it is, this fucking weird ass joke that I was hoping to get ten people to like, and now it's like this fucking world phenomenon you know that i get like all over the world like people are like you know from london paris you know like oh if i come to new york will you sign my shoe and i'm like why would you want to ruin your shoes i was like (laughs) i was like they're too cool for that i was like i'll sign your box (laughs) i was like don't fucking ruin your shoes (laughs) dave what, what did you think when you saw you know the rest of um a bunch of other uh concept stores pop up after you guys did it in, in the sneaker boutique space, were you like excited to see what was next? Or you're like, Oh, I see what you're doing there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had a good laugh. I mean, I, in the beginning I was salty. I, I, I have to admit, you know, there was some shops. There was this one store that I was really salty at, uh, the, the, the muffin store, Johnny cupcake cupcakes. Yes. Yeah. You know, what? it's little... so funny that you said that. Cause I, when I was looking at images of your storefront, before we did this, and I'm not just saying this to gas you up, but it did remind me of Johnny Cupcake. You know, obviously Johnny Cupcakes was yeah. later, but I, I had that same feeling. And I saw his store, and I was, I was, I was jealous because he did a great job. Mm-hmm. And that was the only. That's the only thing that I was. Je- I was like, wow, man, this guy has fucking nailed it. I was like, I wish I did it like that, but if it took for me to do what I did for him to do what he did foundation, you know, and, and that it's all based on foundation. And, and I don't know if you would, maybe he would have had that idea to do that. I don't know what, you know, I always think because of this day and age of information and how everybody gets information at exactly the same time, exactly the same way. If you have an idea, 
Mm-hmm. Ten people have that same idea. It's a matter of who's going to execute it first and who's going to execute it the best. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know when Johnny Cupcake, maybe Johnny Cupcake had the idea before me, you know, and then he, he eventually did his after when I, you know, so didn't stop you but, from tossing a brick through his window. <laughs> no, I would never talk to Britain or anybody. <laughs> crazy. These guys but, are crazy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was one of those things. So so Dave, one last thing: the, the Air Max ninety Bacon is coming back out. It'll be out in a couple weeks. What what are you doing on release day? Are mm-hmm. you going to have any any special ritual that day? Are you going to watch what people are doing to get the shoes, or are you just not paying attention? I don't know. I'm. I. I just recently bought a house, and I'd probably be upstate. Um, cooking bacon, sheetrock. She- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cooking bacon and uh, and uh, sheetrocking some walls. I don't know. It depends. If I'm in the city, I might go past one of the stores just to see what the hype is and to see if anybody recognizes me. <laughs> just yeah. just stand on the corner like, yeah, hey, so that might be huh? yeah. What are you guys waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Like, I can't wait. Like, I want to go buy like um, Flight Club because you know people are going to buy them and then go to Flight Club and then of just be like, "What are you guys doing here?" You yeah. know, just you can maybe charge them five bucks to sign the box. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. No, um, that would be hilarious if I did that. Uh, but I have no plans. I, you know, I'm I'm grateful that they're coming out. I, you know, I'm super stoked. And I hope, you know, kids, some kid texts me randomly, like there's some contest about uh, what's a a favorite food to eat with bacon. Uh And then he like asked me, he's like, what's your favorite food? You know, and I said, "Uh, well, there's this sandwich that I like to get from this store called Gracefully. It's called uh, Smokey the Bear. And then. And, and and you know he was like, do you mind if I post our conversation? And like I went to the to the site, and I like screenshot the the the, the menu of what is in the sandwich. Uh-huh. And the funniest thing is like when you look at the 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 screenshot, it says it says bear sandwich. And I was just like, oh my god, it's gonna be like I'm into bears. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just dying laughing, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's so funny!" And he wants to post the like the the, the conversation we had, uh-huh. and it's just like random stuff like that. I just kind of get a kick out of, and and kids, you know, they'll hit me up, and they can't believe I'm talking to them, like I'm some random, mm-hmm. like I'm a god or something and i'm like well you dm me of course i have to talk to you you sent me a fucking message (laughs) and i'm like what's going on and then i'm like i'll start interviewing them and Mm. asking them questions and like trying to find because they're trying to like i'm like everything you want to know is about me about the shoe is online yeah i was Mm. like what do you do and i'm trying to figure out again like how i was in my store well what do you do what are your interests? What do you think is cool? What's the last movie you saw? You know, and uh-huh. and and that to me, when you take a general interest into somebody else, it's just humbling and not so. Because at the end, I'm not that important. To be honest, I'm just a fucking bozo on the bus. You know. <laughs> well. Listen, it's going to be a great day. I don't know how much you're going to be paying attention, like you said, but we'll be paying attention. Great shoe coming back. To your point, very excited to see the kids, the next generation, consume these and and, and get them. So, Dave, we can't thank you enough for, for joining you. us. And, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully hopefully talk to you soon. And, and, yeah, thanks again, man. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. Thanks, Dave. 
Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Jennifer Stewart and Shiva Bayet. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 